Hi, and welcome to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three, lead teacher, blogger, and founder of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm also the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. Ask Wardy is the weekly show devoted to answering your niggling questions about traditional cooking. Maybe it's your sourdough starter, your sauerkraut, preserving foods, broth, superfoods, or anything else to do with traditional cooking. You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at askwardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to Ask Wardy. We're talking about how to bottle your kombucha today. It helps you save money, wean your family off soda, get more carbonation, more flavor to your kombucha. That's the topic today. Let me welcome you to Ask Wardy. I am thrilled you're here. Live viewers on Facebook and Periscope, hello. The notes are ready for you at askwardy.tv. Look for episode 86. Um, and in the comments, share your first name, what you're sipping on today, and where you're from. I love to read those. If you're on Facebook, Millie is right there answering your comments, posting links in the comments. Okay, so watch those. Um, anybody, askwardy.tv has all the notes, the transcript, everything I'm sharing today, so you can follow along, bookmark, or share. No matter where you're watching or listening, I do love subscribers and sharing. If you know your family and friends, I don't know about kombucha or I don't know about bottling it, second fermenting it, be sure to share. Thanks so much. Okay, let's get into Ask Wardy today. This is the weekly show where I answer your questions about traditional cooking. I'm thrilled you're here. Today's question comes from Christina S. She wants to know how to second ferment your kombucha, how to bottle your kombucha like this. Let's dive into it. The first um, Thing we got to talk about really is why would you want to do it anyway well I sat down I brainstormed here's the reasons I came up with I want to hear from you in the comments what your reasons would be and in fact if you're listening now and you already second ferment bottle be sure to pay attention to everything I share because I know there's more to add and you can add that in the comments all right so why would you want to second ferment you may have other reasons than mine it adds flavor, so you're gonna see when I tell you how to do it that you're gonna add the flavor from dried fruit, frozen fruit. Um, it increases carbonation. This is because um, when you've got your kombucha brewing in its main container, this is just not airtight. So the gases that the organisms produce just go off into the air. But when you stick your kombucha for the second ferment in a bottle and cap it tight, those gases can't go anywhere, so it builds up carbonation which is fun, right? Um, you're gonna save money over buying bottled kombucha. A lot of people love kombucha. They're introduced to it because they just purchase it one day. They wanna have it more. Well, three to $5 a bottle, that can add up quickly. So if you make your own at home and you bottle your own at home, you're gonna save money in the long run. Uh, so that's a great reason. If your family or you are addicted to soda, if you bottle kombucha, it could well be a replacement that your family loves because it tastes great and it's gonna have that carbonation that they love in soda. So it can help wean your family off of soda. Um, also, the wow factor. We have to give um, some time to this. I mean, just look at this. Kombucha in a bottle, is that not awesome? Uh, your friends, your family, they're gonna ooh and ah that you have made this in your home kitchen, right? I mean, that is just so awesome. The wow factor. 
definitely reason to bottle. Okay, so we're gonna get into how to do it. So first we gotta discuss the bottles themselves because you can't second ferment, AKA um, bottle your kombucha without bottles, right? And there's a lot of bottles out there that are purely decorative. So when you're choosing your bottle, it's called a Grolsch style bottle. That's spelled G-R-O-L-S-C-H. Millie's gonna paste some links in the comments for you. Um, you need Grolsch style bottles that are actually strong, not just decorative. So when you're shopping, and we do have some links at askgordy.tv or below this video or recording, we have some links of bottles that we have tested that we know to be true. But when you're shopping, if you're purchasing new, make sure that it says that they are tested or that they work for brewing beer or kombucha. Because uh, you wanna make sure that they're strong. All that carbonation builds up because it's a got living bacteria and yeast in there that are consuming sugar building producing gases so that builds up and you want to make sure that the bottle can withstand that right it only makes sense so it can't be decorative you want to make sure your bottles are rated and tested for kombucha i look for um, if it says good works for kombucha works for home brews um, that's if you're purchasing new if you're purchasing used, you might find it in a estate sale, a garage sale, on Craigslist. Somebody is like getting out of home brewing, whether it's beer or kombucha, and they say, you know, lot of 24 bottles for sale. Well, you want to make sure they have this flip top cap, okay? There are beer bottles where you have to have a crimper and you buy new caps every time and you crimp them on. That's an option too, but we look for these Grolsch style that has this, this cap that you can close on top. Um, so just ask them, you know, are the, if it's a lot for sale, just make sure that the brewer themselves, the person who's passing it on, use them for beer or kombucha or know for a fact that they can be used for that so that you're not disappointed. Um, if you can't get that information, you could take a risk um, that they would work and maybe the cost savings is enough to warrant that risk, but definitely that's something to explore. Now, I have some bottles here that I purchased you and sorry new but they it was a risk okay it had like this sugary lemonade in them it was at a discount dollar store or a discount store I don't think they were a dollar it was probably like three dollars or something and we bought like eight of these because of the jar I dumped out the sugary soda and we use these for a larger second ferment of kombucha it was a risk it paid off we've used them for years and they work but again that's a risk so we have new bottles these are clear these are amber colored our family purchased new on these sets and then we have purchased new but it was a risk because it had sugary soda in it they worked out anyway that's what you need to look for when you're buying bottles you can go to askwardy.tv look for this episode 86 or below this video and you will see links to um, bottles that we have vetted that you can follow to purchase okay so Oh, one more thing I want to say. If you're purchasing used, make sure that there's no cracks or chips. The whole glass needs to be intact and good shape, all right? Now, here's where we get to the fun part. How do you do it? Let's bottle your kombucha, aka second ferment it. Now, we call it a second ferment because you make your kombucha in a uh, fermenting vessel, and this is a continuous brew system. It's a two and a half gallon um, ceramic container fermenting vessel from Get Kombucha. I have a link to this at askwardy.tv for you or below this video. But you could also use a gallon size glass jar, but you're gonna do your kombucha as usual in one of these, okay? And when it's done, 
when you've tasted it. It's not sweet. It's got that sour kick to it from the acids that the organisms have produced. When it's at that point, that's the first ferment, and that's when you move on to the second ferment, which is the bottling. Does that make sense, everyone? The first point is just your tea and your sweetener. We use honey. Um, there's no additional flavor beyond what the tea and the sweetener provide. Your second step is where you're going to add the flavor of dried fruit or frozen fruit, um, spices, all right? So we, a lot of times, do ginger. That's what this one is. Uh, we also do dried cherries, dried blueberries, dried cranberries. Uh, we love those in particular. And today I'm going to show you how to second ferment with dried ginger. So I've got some here, just all cut up. Um, it's probably going to be hard to see from this far away, but the pieces are like that size. They need to fit in the mouth but also realize that when you're using dried fruit, they're gonna swell because they're gonna rehydrate in the liquid of the kombucha. Um, so you wanna make sure that they're small enough so even when they swell, they can still come back out the jar. It's just gonna save you a lot of time when cleaning, I promise you. So this is done to your liking. You've tasted it. It's not sweet anymore. If it's too sour, that's okay, but you basically wanna pick it when it's right on, okay? It's not too sweet, it's either right on or a little bit sour, okay? And then you're gonna cut up your dried fruit, and I have a link for you at askwardy.tv to tell you how to use uh, frozen fruit. Right now, we're talking about dried fruit like this candied ginger. Um, and you're gonna put like six to 10 pieces inside a jar. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. I'm just going to do two more for good measure. If you're watching or listening, um, wherever you are, leave a comment and tell me your favorite flavors of kombucha. If it's a combination, um, what particular dried fruit or frozen fruit you use, I'd love to hear. Okay, so you can see in the bottom there we've got dried fruit. And now it is time to fill the bottle. And I'm going to do a little bit of rearranging here so I can get the kombucha spout um, in, a, in a convenient location. So it's the decanting stage. It's where you take your first fermented kombucha and you fill the bottle. So really how you do this is gonna depend on um, your, your vessel. And we have this continuous brew kit from Get Kombucha and it has a convenient pour spout right on it. Now this is very full, so it's heavy, of course. I don't want to drop or tip it. So, all right, so I've got that revealed. <clears throat> and I'm going to fill to within one inch of the top of this jar. You have to leave room for carbonation to build up, for the fruit to swell. Um, and just, you know, you, you want a safe ferment. You don't want explosions or whatnot. So leave some room, like one inch, OK? And I'm going to decant our kombucha into the bottle. So it's pouring out right now. That's what makes this pour spout so convenient, but I'm gonna to talk to you about some other methods in just a moment. And I'm gonna give you a tip. When you stick your kombucha on the pour spout, make sure that it's not, um, that the pour spout is not fully in there to create a complete seal because um, it's, it just like creates a vacuum. You put the kombucha in, but then the air that's getting displaced has nowhere to go. So make sure you leave a little bit of room so the air can get out. 
This is the safe and easy but kind of slower method. And I love using these clear jars because you can really see the beauty of the kombucha, the beauty of the fruit, and that's why I've turned to <clears throat> purchasing and using clear jars. So you can see I've got it like to there. These jars have a handy, like the, the shoulder of the jar, the neck of the jar actually changes. So I just go for that line right there and that's where I fill it. And I'm talking um, in terms of me, but I've got to say that our, our teenage son is really the one who's in charge of the kombucha. So before I got on here today, I was like, okay, Micah, tell me exactly what you do. He was a little too shy for the camera. He just doesn't care for it. So my invitation for him to join us was declined, but he did give me all his tips. All right, so here it is, and then cap it, which means put the cap on, and if you've assembled the, the bottle correctly, then it's just a matter of pressing this down, which does take some strength. All right, so now there it is. It's bottled. It's not second fermented yet. That will take another three to four days, sorry, one to three days. You're gonna put it in a warm location, which, you know, same kind of temperature you're brewing your kombucha is great, um, but there's probiotics in here. The mother culture is left behind in the first fermenting vessel, but this is a probiotic beverage, so there's microscopic organisms in here that are gonna feed on the fruit, and they will produce the carbonation as the kombucha gets infused with flavor, they're going to produce carbonation that's going to build up in the jar because it can't go anywhere else. So the fruit is going to get reduced in sugar, the kombucha is going to get infused with flavor, and you're going to build up um, beautiful carbonation. And just look at that. Like I said, it's the wow factor. You just made your own bottled kombucha. It's awesome. We uh, love to serve this to guests. Okay, so Warm location, an idea for you is actually to use a seedling mat, and we do this. This is an inexpensive seedling mat. There's links for you at the show notes. You're just gonna plug it in. It just gives a little bit more warmth than your room temperature. Um, be aware if you use this, it's gonna ferment faster. Our range is one to three days, but if you're using something like this, it's maybe gonna be more toward one day. Um, again, this is a probiotic beverage the organisms are feasting on the sugar and the longer you let it go the more of a sugar reduction you have this candied sugar this candied ginger is a sugar source um, so you know it'll get more sweet but then it'll reduce from the probiotics eating the sugar so we do we really do one to two days for an ideal taste and by putting one to two days on a seedling mat and then when your kombucha has fermented, like this one has, this, it's been on a seedling mat for two days, then it goes into the refrigerator. You can't feel it, but this came out of the refrigerator. You can see the condensation that happens when something cold comes to room temperature, but this is chilled. And this came out of its second ferment like about a week ago. It's just been in the fridge waiting for someone to drink it, which I'm gonna do in a moment. Okay, I wanna talk to you about a couple more notes. Um, on this process. So methods of decanting. You saw using a continuous brewer with a spout um, how easy it was to decant, but if you have a gallon size glass jar you can transfer your kombucha like into a glass measuring cup and then use that to pour into your bottles. Always remember to leave 10% of the finished kombucha behind in your main vessel because you need that as a starter liquid for your next batch. Um, you can also, this is leftover from science class, if you 
If you homeschool your kids or you remember from science class, remember how liquid always finds the lowest point? Well, you can use food safe plastic tubing. You can stick one end in your um, brewing container, first ferment brewing container, the other end in your bottle, and whichever of these ends, this one and this one is lower, that's where the liquid's gonna go. So you can fill your bottles really fast. You can also overfill them very easily. So play around with this if you want it. My son actually does it and he's gotten quite good at it, but still overfills sometimes. Um, but he likes it because it's faster than using the spout. So you have those ways to decant. Um, a couple other things. So actually one other thing is the flavor, I guess you'd say, the sour factor of your kombucha. So once you're in the bottle, you're kind of committed, okay? Because if you open to taste, you can lose your, your carbonation quickly. So doing a second ferment is this process of um, getting in tune with the seasons, like what's your room temperature and how fast do you get to the flavor you want in the summer versus the winter? You may have to do a couple batches, a different volume of fruit, a different number of days to really fine tune your process. Don't be dismayed um, if it doesn't turn out every time. I'm going to tell you in just a moment how to redeem your kombucha, but I want you to be aware that um, it's it's not as easy to taste this and see if it's right as uh, this. Because if you open this, you lose your carbonation. You can close it back up and build up carbonation again, but let's say it's been fermenting, you know, second fermenting for a couple days, so you've got two days worth of carbonation built up. Well, you lose that, okay? If you open, you have to kind of start over. Some will be kept, but not all of it. So it's just a process. If you do decide, okay, I'm gonna go two days on this second ferment, you open your kombucha and you find out it's too sour, or you open it and find out it's too sweet still, well, close it back up and keep fermenting if it's too sweet. If it's too sour, move it to the refrigerator to preserve the carbonation it has, um, or keep it in the refrigerator, presumably it's already there, to preserve you know, the state that it's in so it doesn't ferment further. And then what you're gonna do is sweeten it to taste when you actually serve it. So you can pour it into a glass, you could stir in honey, you could stir in stevia, so you could bring it back up from too sour to a really good flavor. And that's what we do every time uh, we have a batch that turns out too sour. In fact, I have started purposely instructing our son, let it get to be too sour because that reduces the amount of honey that we're consuming, the sugar we're consuming, and then we sweeten to taste with stevia, which has a, is a sweet herb. It has a sweetness like sugar, but it's not sugar, so it doesn't have the calories or sugar. Our bodies don't have a sugar response to this. Okay, so that's kind of what you have to play with um, and how to handle if it's too sour. Now, I wanna show you what it's like, okay? Now, sometimes um, you're gonna open this and it's gonna bubble over, and so always open it in a fridge, which, I'm sorry, in a sink. I'm not in a sink right now, so we'll see. Sometimes it's gonna have a delayed bubbling over carbonating effect. Sometimes it just might be flat. Um, just be okay with that. It's a beautiful process and sometimes you nail it and sometimes you don't quite, but it's okay, all right? So. Let me move these out of the way so that you can see how this jar bottle of kombucha turned out. I've got a glass here 
and it's from a batch that I already know is not like bubbling over instantly, but it, it, you can see the bubbles as I pour into the uh, glass. And it, it, sometimes it'll have a nice pop, sometimes not. We'll see what this one does. Did you hear that? That was a nice pop. Oh, and it's bubbling over. <laughs> so there you go. You can see we've got some nice bubbly kombucha for this one. Even though it's spilled, isn't that a better outcome? I mean, you can see how awesome that is. Oh, I'm gonna enjoy this glass. I wish you all could taste. Mmm, what would I say? Here's a toast to all of you. I would love to hear from you. If you get into bottling your kombucha, what flavors you love, um, your tips to share with the wider community of um, Ask Wardy listeners who are learning about kombucha too. We have been doing a great series on kombucha. So past weeks I've talked about, can you do honey? How do you split your SCOBY? How do you prevent too sour kombucha? So you can check out all those past episodes by following links with this episode. And remember, if you love fermenting, you do need to grab my free fermenting formulas cheat sheet. It's a cheat sheet where I go through different kinds of ferments, salsas and relishes and krauts, and I give you formulas for you need this much salt, you need this much chopped up vegetables, and here's how long to ferment in you know a quart-sized jar. So really easy formulas for you to create safe to eat and delicious ferments with the fruits and vegetables you have on hand. That's at tradcookschool.com slash ferment sheet. Ferment sheet is all one word. You can also look with this video for a link to that. Um, I love your questions for Ask Wardy, so please keep them coming. There's instructions at askwardy.tv to submit your questions. You can also tweet me. My handle is at tradcookschool. Include the hashtag Ask Wardy. You can also email me, wardy, W-A-R-D-E-E, at askwardy.tv. And as always, thank you so much for being here. Here's to you. God bless you and enjoy your kombucha. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. Ask Wardy wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at tradcookschool with your question and use the hashtag AskWardy. Or send an email to wardy at askwardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of Ask Wardy, go to askwardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at tradcookschool on the Periscope app, or go to periscope.tv slash tradcookschool. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Podcasts app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to tradcookschool.com slash awitunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments, and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested in traditional cooking will find Ask Wardy too. Thanks so much. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.